Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all, grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. You're taking shots at the unathletic, arthritic, <laughs> old alligator? I can't find anything now. I'm a feeble old buffoon. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Always something going on in the world of sports. This is the place to watch all the games. Cheap drinks, happy hour right now at Silver Sevens. Flamingo in Paradise, 277 during the happy hour, 3 to 6. We're at the Corona Cantina across the way. It's the Silver and Gold Bar. Right there is the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. We got Dodgers and Giants coming up. Four game series. Dodgers have lost two of three. The series has been highlighted by back-to-back bullpen collapses, not just for the Dodgers, but for the Giants. Yeah, uh, back, kind of back and forth. It, it was a series, and we talked about it early in the week, that I thought this was a chance for the Dodgers, even though the Giants had their pitching lined up pretty well for the series, that was a chance for the Dodgers to finally kind of establish themselves in the division uh, and and take over and start to put some then, – then once they get a lead, they can start to put some distance. Hasn't happened. In fact, the Giants have won the series so far and have a chance to win the series three out of four and really, really firm up their lead even more, which is something that before the season started would have th- been thought insane, but here they are. William Hill has Dodgers' favorite tonight, minus 179. It's Bueller against DeSclafani. Quite a movement, too. That was, uh, that was like 155 earlier in the day, so definitely some money here on the Dodgers. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Doing video right now up on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Check it out. You can make comments. We'll see them. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield Jeff as well. Silver Sevens. All right. Concerts being added to the docket. We got Guns N' Roses coming up the end of next week. Hopefully. You going? No. Uh, hopefully the sound is good to go. That was a big issue. And certainly when the Stones are here, yeah, they're coming. Allegiant Stadium, Rolling Stones, November 6th. I'm sure that will do 60,000 plus. Let's get that sound going because uh, Garth, we heard, was kind of messy. Maybe maybe Garth just isn't good. I don't think that's true. I think no, most people say he's very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there were sound issues. But, again, I think it's, it's early on. We talked about it. Um, I enjoy concerts at T-Mobile. But the first couple I thought were really rough. Um, and I was at, I think, three of the first four or something at T-Mobile Arena. And uh, they got better and better, and, and now it's a great venue. I, I think the same will probably happen uh, with Allegiant Stadium. I expect uh, expect better and better shows as time goes on and as they get more and more fans in there and kind of get a, get a feel for what it's going to sound like with more people and how they have to address things, I think it'll be better. Not to get morbid, but I will for a second. Your, your grandfather was how old when he passed away? Was he like 84? Um. Yeah, I think he was older. Okay. So, like, I'm an old guy, right? Um, and going back to when one of my grandmothers passed away, she was 73, right? My parents are older than that now, but like, she was like, she like, and when you're a kid, you're like, everyone's super old. Like a 28 year old is already so old. But like, like I felt like my grandmother was. She was old. Are Mick you- Jagger is. He's going to be 78 at this concert. His birthday, his 78th birthday, is. July 26th. My God. That's absolutely insane. I, I was actually 
it was a completely separate issue. It wasn't even a local conversation. It was a national show that I was listening to earlier. Um, I guess because they announced the the nationwide tour, not just the the Vegas tour day today. Uh, but they were discussing the Rolling Stones, and there was some insane stat. Like I don't know much about the band, but apparently they're one of them left for a while and came back to the band. And they said when that happened, he returned to the band. He left the band and returned forty years ago. Well, Forty it's years your, it's, ago, it's your life. He left the band and then came back. That is crazy. And that was like when they were apparently big already. It came, yeah. And and as you said, that's it's my whole life. This has been since he returned, which is crazy to me. Uh, listen, not my not my thing. I think it would be a cool experience to go to to see them and to see a eighty year old man. As a lead singer of a sold-out show at Allegiant Stadium is crazy. And from what I hear, still very energetic on stage. Here's a really cool thing from Lotus Broadcasting. We will have tickets. I don't know how we're giving them away. I don't know what stations we're going to have them on, but we will have tickets for that show to hook you up. That's awesome. Before you can buy them. By the way, isn't Axel older? He looks older. He looks older. He acts older. (laughs) Yes. He's coming out in a wheelchair. Right, isn't he? He's often busted up. He's four hours late. Well, last time I, I, I was like, ah, thirty-eight minutes. I've had enough. Last time I saw them, he was definitely he definitely had a broken ankle. Yeah, he just looked feeble up there. Uh, but yeah, he's he, uh, somehow Mick Jagger moves around better than Axel still does. Just crazy. Number four. <laughs> We're laughing at old people. So I'm old. I can do that. He's your age, Axel. I, you know what? I hope he's older than me. We, do we have to find this out? I don't know. I'm gonna I guess, like to look these things up. I'm going to guess Every, Axel is 54. You know what's great? Every once in a while I look someone up because I'm like, man, they look old. And then they're younger than me, and I'm like, yeah. Well, it, it's fun. We've talked about it, but, like, the people from, like, the 70s yeah. who, you thought, who you thought were 90 were, like, 40. Right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. There's some of them. Wilford Brimley is the best example ever. Sure. What, was, what was that picture about two years ago? In Jennifer, Cocoon? Jen, it was Jennifer Aniston at 50 and Wilford Brimley at 50. Wasn't he like, in Cocoon at 50 when he was supposed to be like an elder? Right, he was supposed to be like 85 years yeah. old. Uh, Axl Rose, by the way, is a lot older than me. He was born in 1962. So he'll be 50. He is 59. Wow. All right. Now you're going to go back on him. Now you're going to go back on him and go, you know, he's, he's got like, some energy for 60. Do, he's doing pretty good. Yeah. He's doing pretty good. Can we get another number four? Number four. All right. Was it like Ed Asner and Mary Tyler Moore like thirty six? And I thought he was ninety. Number four. We need someone to look that up, though, please. Was he in Mary Tyler? Moore? I, I think, think no. I, I, correct, I right? think at the beginning he was under forty, and there's no way you thought he was less than about sixty five. I I would have lost a lot of money on. And then he's still alive, isn't he? That wow. the great thing is he looks super old, and now he's going to live to one hundred and ten. We're just going to do age. Um, just old people talk. Legitimately old. He's in his nineties. Okay, I he saw. He looked seventy in, in Mary Tyler Moore in seventy six. Can I say that I wasn't involved in a text conversation today about somebody who, me and a couple of friends who are political nerds, once Number again, four. once again heard today that Bob Dole is still alive. Number four. He's ninety eight years old. Number four. Thanks. Doesn't look a day past ninety. He won't stop. He won't stop. Number Did we find four. the Ed Asner thing? I'll look it up. Are the Kraken going to be good? 
based on what you saw in the expansion draft yesterday and what they could do with their free agent money or their their cap space? They're, I, I want to see what they do in free agency. Uh, that's obviously a big key. They, they they drafted not necessarily to put the best team together. I, just, I mean, the, the plan is obviously to put the best team together, but they didn't take the best available players in the expansion draft, you would think, because they want to have some flexibility in free agency, uh, not only this year but next year. Uh, so I, I assume that they're going to make some moves or at least be open to making some moves in free agency. I mean, they had a guy... It sounds like they at least tried to negotiate with Landis Gog, and they may have taken him if he would have signed with them. Uh, so they, there was some attempts, maybe, uh, that they could have been a little bit better. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're going to be decent in, in that division, which is the same as the Golden Knights division, which is going to be absolute garbage next year. They have a chance to compete for a playoff spot. I can't do this. What did you find that? I'm, I'm too distracted today. Okay. How old are you? 42. When Mary Tyler Moore show started, Ed Asner was younger than you. <laughs> he was forty-one. I mean, looking back, he he looked he looked like he was sixty something. But he played the part well. You're supposed to you know, you're supposed to be like a grizzled old you know old veteran of the business. At forty-one, wasn't he? Was wasn't it was newspaper business, wasn't it? Or TV was station. Media? Okay, TV yeah, station, media yeah. business. Yeah. And I can tell you, media will age you. Well, but it is worse back then, apparently. I guess acting ages you too. Sure. Do we just need to keep hitting number four? So well, number four? how about you want me to tie this in? Yeah. I mean, uh, this is a stretch. Uh, I believe the Kraken already ninth oldest team in the NHL. No, yeah. is that right? Yeah, I think average age like twenty seven point three. Uh, they do have better odds, if I'm correct, to win the cup than eleven existing teams, and their roster is not complete. Seems like an overplay. Well, Seems it's, like they've overly cushioned the whole thing based on the Golden Knights danger in year one. Well, it's not even the Golden Knights danger. I would imagine it's because they learned, the league learned many things about the Golden Knights, and we saw the Kraken not, the Kraken apparently tried to reach out and do some of the same deals the Golden Knights did, and teams were like, nope, just take one guy. We're not going to We're not gonna say, oh, uh, we're Anaheim. You know what? Uh, we want to protect a bunch of guys. Uh, why don't you take Stoner, and we'll throw in Shea Theodore as a gift. Right. right. Like, they're not gonna, teams aren't going to do that anymore. They're not going to give you gifts to take other players they just said hey we're gonna lose one guy and take your one guy we're not gonna give you four to take one and have those turn out to be really good players which is what happened with the knights uh, so teams learned but i think also sports books learned that with expansion teams you're going to take bets on them just as souvenirs which is what happened with the golden knights in a lot of cases people weren't betting on them because they thought they'd win they were betting on them so they could have a ticket to put on their wall like in their man caves or whatever they're putting together like oh look i had this ticket on the Golden Knights at 200 to 1 to win, you know, $20,000 and I kept it as a souvenir. And then they almost cashed. And they had so many of those tickets out there that almost cashed that they learned people are going to do this, so you can't really put a big number on these expansion teams. Number 3. Trade deadline coming up. Going to see some movement around Major League Baseball. Nelson Cruz, maybe the best bat available. Eh. A good bat. He's an older guy and he's been having a real good year. Traded to Rich Get Richer. Unbelievable. <laughs> evil Empire? The Rays are an evil empire, but it's mostly because they're smarter than everyone else. They added Nelson Cruz for a couple of quality AAA arms. We'll see what happens with those guys going back to the Twins. That's a good addition, right? Gives them some pop, gives them some uh, flexibility. Biggest name on the trade market, according to... Can I, can I stop with one thing on Nelson Cruz? Yep. Because I think what, they, what it really did... Yeah. Their biggest competition, or among their biggest competition for wild card, is the A's, and I think the A's were getting him. 
And I think the Rays said, no, you're not. Blocked him. We're going to block you. We're going to get him. And I think that was even bigger for them than, I mean, getting Nelson Cruz is great, but I think that was part of it. And the market was limited because he can't go to the NL. Right. Uh, biggest name, according to CBS Sports, on the trade market that could be moved, Chris Bryant, hometown hero. Mm. He should fetch something decent. Yeah, if they if they are indeed moving him, and I, I do think he's available for the right price. Uh, yeah, I would definitely think that he would he would be able to fetch something decent. I think the you know the 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 Buxton stuff is interesting too, because he has potential to be one of the best players in the league. He just hasn't yet. Yeah. Um, if he is available, which I think is silly because I, I wouldn't give up on him. Um, that would that would be kind of a game changer too of like how much you could get for him and what kind of an impact you could have. Do you think there's any advantage for a team like the Mets to get Bryant in the fold and then have, you know, their few months with him to negotiate? Would you? Would that be your next big purchase? We talked to Koken on uh, Monday, and he was saying, you know, now that Lindor's gone down, you know, they should make a run at Javier, Javier Baez. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm making – and they're not purely middle infielders, but I don't know if I'm spending like 600 and you know, whatever, $600 million – Locking up Javier Baez, and you already have Lindor. Well, then, when the plan the plan would be play shortstop and then move the second, going the going in the future, and now you have like the best middle infield in the league. I mean, I guess that would make some sense. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, who do you trust more, a guy like Bryant or Javier Baez? Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I maybe Baez, but Bryant. I mean, I'm a I'm a uh, Las Vegas devotee, and you know, somebody I've you know known been around Chris Bryant since high school, so. Uh, I'd be I'd be biased in that direction. And he's he's not only a great player, but an even better citizen. Uh, so so yeah, I mean I think that would make uh, a lot of sense for a team like that. But I I also think you know oftentimes we hear that you know concept of hey guy going into free agency, let's get him here and make it easier to make the pitch. Sometimes it works the other way. Sometimes they see how the sausage is made and they're <laughs> like, uh, no, I don't want to go there. And so if you don't have the right culture. That's going to backfire on you. Big Five, we're hanging out at Silver Sevens in the Corona Cantina. You join A-Play, their Players Club. Then you get to take advantage of the great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe, 777 uh, on the uh, 7 Jumbo Shrimp Cocktail, 1777 on the uh, Mega Barbecue Ribs and Fries. Number two. Sounded very angry. And Fries. Number two. Still thinking of Ed Asner. I know. We have multiple COVID vaccine, you know, policy, thoughts, rules, stories coming up. I'm just going to say with both, and this is not just for you. We all need to pump the brakes on what the possibilities are for the next four or five months. Because I think a lot of us get stuck in this, like, good, fire and brimstone. Don't do what we want. You pay the penalty. There's got to be some nuance to this. So we saw the story yesterday and today involving coaches, right? College football coaches. One, Nick Rolovich, formerly in the Mountain West Conference at Hawaii. Now he's in Washington State. He's not going to be at Pac-12 Media Day on Tuesday. you got to be vaccinated. He's not. He said he's not going to get vaccinated. He's not going to give a reason. And that's the end of the questions. Dave Doran, this morning the NC State coach, said he doesn't have any idea what his team or where they are in terms of vaccinations uh that's you know he's not a medical guy 
Not his concern, right? Now, there's again, there's nuance with this. First on Doran, there are players on the NC State roster who at media day said most of us are vaccinated. So is there anything wrong with Doran just going, you know what, I'm not, I don't, I'm not really keeping track of it? Or is he kind of just trying to be truculent and uncooperative on a topic that, like, what's, what's the hidden agenda here? Well, I don't know, but, bro, you might want to look around your school. Like, you've already, you've already potentially cost yourself a national championship. The baseball program got screwed. Yeah. By the baseball. No, by ba- themselves. By the baseball coach going political. Yeah. Yeah. They got screwed Talking by about indoctrination when it comes to vaccinations. and. So, I, I mean, I would think from that standpoint. Yeah. And, like, this is. And, by the way, they got dumped out of the College World Series because they, the NCAA team, they did not, not have enough players to, to compete. So. Yeah. And so, you know, it's already been a big issue at your school. You would think that it would be more on your radar. And this is. Listen, it absolutely 100% is a personal choice. Yeah. But in athletics right now, it is a competitive choice. The, ro- the, ro- the Rolovich thing is a bit concerning. I want to hear more about the story, but it's a bit concerning. Sure. Because um, like Doran saying, I, I have no idea where they are. I think he's shivering a little bit. I think he does know. Uh, and Rolovich probably knows where his team is. But I don't. If, if he's supposed to be the messenger and he's not getting it, that worries me about wazoo's future and outbreaks and the ability to play all their games yeah and i'm, I'm also like I, I wonder you know how much nuance there is to, to the arguments and how much they understand it and everything like they a lot of these people do understand they have several vaccines already right i mean i hope that they understand that like, i'm not getting the vaccine you're vaccinated already for other things you have to be yeah, I would think if, if Nick Rolovich was in Hawaii for any time, they're pretty stringent there. Yeah. So, and it's it's that that's part of it that's amazing. It's like, listen, I know you know guys like in in the NFL world, you know, and uh, locally we know you know Jalen Rashard, local with the Raiders, uh, had some comments today, but we've we've heard from him in the past. He said he's not vaccinating his children. Uh, oh, you know what? I didn't like. I didn't get that message. Give me, give me number one. Number one. Thank you. Uh, let's get to the NFL, and I want that to be part of it. Um, let me get to Jalen Richard's message here in a second. So the NFL, everyone thinks came down hard today. Um, I, I think it's just sta- a statement of fact. Like we're not messing around uh, for the unvaccinated in the league. If you have a COVID outbreak and your team can't play on the schedule that you know that week, it's a forfeit. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, I also, from what I'm reading, I think the league is mostly trucking along with most of the organizations and getting 85%. I don't think yeah. there's going to be big issues. There might be a few at the end who are fighting and you know, scratching and clawing to get there. But again, Rob Maddie's a pretty good source on this stuff, uh, NFL insider. And he said nearly all the clubs um, have vaccinated 100% of Tier 1 and Tier 2 staffs. More than 75% of the players are in the process of being vaccinated and more than half the clubs have vaccination rates greater than 80% of their players. Half the clubs. Right. So they're going to get there. And I don't think there's going to be cancellations. But this was like one final you know, heavy shot to go, let's get across the finish line. And that also included the mention of, hey, if it's a forfeit, you guys don't get paid on your team. And the other team doesn't get paid. And the team that caused the, for- the uh, forfeiture, the, the no game, cancellation of a game, you're paying for all the, the freaking lost revenue. 
Yeah. But I think all of that is kind of window dressing. I don't think we're going to have to deal with this. No, I don't think so. It's just, there, it was just like multiple you know, body blows. Like, well, actually, these are like near knockout punches to say, let's get it finished. Yeah, that's what they're going for. And again, because they can't or, again, they could force it. They don't want that battle. Uh, so they're not going to require vaccination. But they're saying you have every right to not get vaccinated. But there are there are penalties to pay if you choose not to and wreak havoc on the league schedule. That's completely fair. Yeah, I thought the most impactful thing they said was um, positive COVID test for the unvaccinated. You are obligated to sit out 10 days. Yeah. Vaccinated, you get it as soon as you can pop negative. I think twice in 24 hours, then you're back. Yeah. So that's another one of the, you know, they're doing separate things to the unvaccinated and the vaccinated. That one has some real teeth because that, that will happen. Well, and you don't have to report for testing every day if you're unvaccinated. Oh, that's the other one. Yeah, the vaccinated. Which is, which is don't, big for. Don't have to test. Again, I, I, I speak from experience on this a little bit. In it's that a pain in the ass. I was in protocol last year yeah. in terms of the NFL system. You couldn't go anywhere. Every day I had to go test. That, even on off days, if I, if I, yep. no matter what, I had to report for testing every single morning. Every morning. So morning. even on off days, you have to wake up at like 6 a.m., go down there, get tested. We it had, sucked. Uh, we had Darren Waller on yesterday, and I, I kind of just, you know, kind of soft-pedaled in on the whole vaccination thing. And he mentioned, because I said, hey, what was the most annoying thing? Was it the meetings? And he's like, no, you had to be there every day. We couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So, like, that, that's what, so, hey, you got two days off. That's cool. Can't go anywhere because you still have to go to, to, to testing day. those two days. Um, so, yeah, that, that sucked. And when you, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to go do that, which is a very cool benefit for this year for the players. I can tell, I can tell you for sure it is because you think about, you know, Tuesdays are, are usually the players' day, days off. So, Myself, I wouldn't have to go in there Tuesday because the players weren't there. But I'd still have to go in and get tested, and players would have to do that too. So you can't sleep in on your day off because you have to go get tested. It sucked. If you're if you're vaccinated now, you don't have to do that. That's a pretty big benefit. Coming up next, we'll hear uh, what was tweeted by Jalen Richard as uh, he's got an opinion on this whole thing. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. We want all the smoke. Tweet at Steve Coalfield or call 702-364-1100 and let us have it. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, so the NFL puts out this memo saying, hey, it's go time. No forfeits. Uh, Going to be more severe penalties for the unvaccinated versus the vaccinated around the league. Uh, I just saw a tweet from uh, Tory Smith who said, uh, why is everyone tripping over the NFL memo? It doesn't force you to get vaccinated. It just says if you want to be the reason why things are worse. Your team will pay. There is a difference. And then uh, laughing until you're crying face with the emoji. Jalen Richard. Yeah. Do you have his tweet in front of you? I do, uh, but I, I want to go back. I mean, this is not this is not necessarily a COVID thing with Jalen Richard. 2019, he spoke publicly uh, that he had decided not to vaccinate his children against anything. No vaccinations at all. He uh, said he had done research. He also has religious reasons. Uh, to be against uh, vaccines, so he wasn't going to do that. Today, uh, he tweeted out, I encourage all unvaccinated players to read the rules, know them like you know your plays, 
we're playing in jail this year, and you should act as such. The only benefit we have is we still get tested every day, but protect yourselves this season. Play ball and go home. Sad, but a must. So he's basically saying, like, hey, guys, like, if we're gonna if we're gonna stand up for this because he believes in this this is not some conspiracy theory like he doesn't believe in the covid vaccine he doesn't believe in vaccines at all uh so he said hey we've got to make sure that we don't get anything because we're going to live unvaccinated now i think what he's not getting is the majority of players that are speaking out about this are not on his level what did uh finish um they're not on his level of of just not believing they just think this one in particular for, for whatever reason for political reasons uh, is what it is he's not a political um objector he's just uh, he's just against vaccines in general uh he and then he followed up saying the term jail is kind of harsh because uh, there is nothing like jail so just know the consequences of being unvaccinated and live as such with your well-being and everyone around you in mind which is a very good message much better than some of the other nonsense that's been spewed today there's more bills doubling down on this, right? Oh, yeah, there is. Uh, more Buffalo bills? Yeah. And, I mean, listen, not going to uh, celebrate it because there's a lot of ignorance coming out of Buffalo, uh, but we pinpointed this months ago. We, we noticed this was going to be the hot spot yeah. uh, of this whole thing. Uh, John, John Feliciano, who, is, who goes by Mongo, usually the, uh, you know, the voice of reason in a room with somebody named Mongo uh, is what you're, what you're going to find. Uh, he sent out, it's been proven that COVID was made in a lab. Okay, first of all, not proven. There's discussions. It's possible. Nothing proven yet. Fauci also has a part of Pfizer. This has actually been proven false. This is not true. This is absolute misinformation. So don't believe that part. Don't listen to that part. That's why people don't want to get the vaccine. Sad to come to the realization that you cannot trust the government. Hashtag don't shoot the messenger. Hashtag Fauci lied, people died. Go back to the government part. Sad to come to the realization that you cannot trust the government. How old is he? Uh, good question. I think about 28, 29. I think I was there when I was 12. Not sure. trusting the government. What, it, it just, this, this, this is what it took. Uh, well, in, I mean, I, for him, but you I, should have a general distrust of lots of leadership, or at least some healthy cynicism. I'm obviously picking apart his words, so sure. But you, you, uh, the point is, you get the vibe that's around some of the Buffalo Bills. Again, though, I do believe I think the Bills will get there. And it's, a, you know, it's going to be 10 or 12 of the guys who have their feelings that are really strong. And then from there, on all the teams, every single team is going to have holdouts on this. And then they're going to have to deal with the different conditions. And if those guys are going to be cool, uh, because they are going to be working under different conditions. And that's, that's where the coaches will have a responsibility to kind of hold things together. It's going to happen with every organization. And the Bills situation is really interesting. But I don't think the Bills – do you believe the Bills – I mean, you, you have pretty good sources – do you believe the Bills are like, you know, they're at 62% fully vaccinated. They have no shot to get to 85. There are baseball teams that are still restricted now. 100 games into the season. Yeah. The, the, the entire team can't go out when they're on the road. Well, and, and the Bills aren't alone. I mean, I think the Bills have the most players that are on record. They have the most it. They have the most out, out front vocal. But we'll, we should also point out that 
Tampa Bay. Leonard Fournette today said he's absolutely not going to. Okay. Uh, one step further with Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins insinuated he may retire over this. Oh, wow. Said he's not going to do it, and if he's going to cost his team by not doing it, then why is he even playing? Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company is live at the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. William Hill Racing Sportsbook just down the way. You want to bet the Phillies at 16-1 to to win today? They're down 6-0 in the fifth. Dansby Swanson, Granny, 6-0 Atlanta's on top with uh, Chuck Morton on the mound. Matt Moore, not good. No. 16-1, to come back, come on. Uh, I'll pass. It is amazing between the Nats, the Phillies, and the Braves, the inconsistency. They just cannot put anything together of uh, quality to get closer to the Mets. And the Mets are certainly catchable in this situation. Oh, they're very vulnerable. But nobody seems to want to take that step. So the Golden Knights schedule came out today. And I know you guys have already gone through it. Opener, Kraken. That number's up on the board already. Vegas against Seattle, minus 280 on October 12th. Um, it's funny. I saw someone the other day, hey, you know, it's, there's so much blather that goes on on social media. And the, the person was like, there should never be a situation where the Raiders and Knights play on the same day. There's going to be situations. Sure. It's just, it's going to happen. You can't have this many sports and then, you know, throw in all the other events we have where you're not going to have events overlap. And frankly, for us, we want lots of weekends like that in Vegas, like Bafo weekends for tourists, like big money weekends. We've got at least two Raiders VGK weekends, right? Yeah, and one. I understand what you're saying. I would like, I would like to not have them overlap because well, I'd like more for, weekends for your job. It's not no, but I mean, I'm, I'm saying I want more week. Like, I'd rather have like alternating. Hey, every other Sunday, either the Knights or the Raiders. So that you're you're splitting it up and you're not having everybody one weekend and then no games the next weekend. So, but I understand okay. what you're saying. Uh, but October 24th, if I didn't have the job that I have, where I'm covering sports in Las Vegas, I would be on vacation that weekend. I am. I just sent a. Uh, I'm in a group text with like 20 people that live here. And I just said, everyone, book plane tickets now. Get out of town. Why? Don't be here. Why? October 24th is a Sunday. Islanders at Golden Knights. And Eagles at Raiders, same day, those two fan bases, wonderful. Uh, that's going to be fun. Think about it. It's kind of awesome. If they both lose, th- there's a good chance they just go at each other and don't attack any Las Vegans. Sure. New York, uh, New York well, New York. Islanders kind of New York. They're New York. So Islanders Philly, play here. So we can get those two fan bases clashing. Islanders play here. Eagles play here. Philly and New York invading the city the same day. Oh, it just so happens to be EDC weekend. Woo! That's a good mix. Sure it is. The yeah. mouth, the mouth breathing yeah. Philly fans, and uh, you know, I won't mention the age of the EDC crowd, but wearing furry boots, the Jersey Shore crowd. I'm not going to argue against it. So it's Jersey Shore meets EDC, which yes. if there is children that are spawned that weekend, yeah. oh, I hope com- I hope I never meet them. What a combination! Oh. What a combination. This, that is good. That, I'm saying, will be awesome. I know people look back on NBA All-Star Weekend as a bad weekend. Oh, stop. This is going to be the worst weekend in Los Angeles history. The Philly fans are not that bad. How many Islanders fans are going to really travel here? I know you're trying to build I'm it up. I'm just saying unlikable. Oh, okay. 
the most unlikable trio of people that could possibly be coming to town. I don't even know if I'm here that weekend. I would hope you're not. Uh, I think it's a road trip. No, I'm here. Wait, is UNLV here too? Yep. They play Saturday? Uh, October 23rd. Oh, no. What a weekend. Who are they playing? San Jose State. All right, well, they don't travel, so we don't have them here to worry about. It's a good game, though. Sure. At least for one side. Yeah. We were talking about San Jose yesterday. Pretty good. Kind of loaded. Yeah, they'll be be good. But, yes, there's a UNLV game. Could you imagine if it was, like, the awful Reno people coming here that weekend, too? Uh, They're not here this year. That next week they travel to Reno on a Friday night. Okay. Or, oh, imagine if it was BYU playing here. We could get BYU... I wonder maybe there's maybe there's a college basketball game going on. <laughs> Get some just awful it's fan base. Crazy man, here. these weekend. What's the other crossover weekend? It's like December fifth. December fifth is who, uh, who are the teams? Calgary and the football team. I mean, Calgary market they travel oh, pretty they decently, travel. right? Oh, I mean, they every travel. Canadian market travels to get down here. Yeah, Calgary more so even than the others. Really? Yeah. So Calgary and then I'm sorry with the football game. Football team. They'll travel. Not like uh, they will, but not. I don't think like other fan bases. All right. You're not going to call them. You're going to call them names because they're football team fans and not I, Eagles fans. I had a conversation uh, in other places with Sal Palantonio yesterday. Who, by the way, how'd that go on the gambling channel? Excellent. I'm sorry, I laughed at that. Stunningly, all in. Oh, now he's in. All in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just so people know, you can see Adam. He's. Basically, one of the regulars now on Follow the Money, uh, Mitch Moss's show. Mitch, you know, old guy here, uh, old member of the uh, ESPN Las Vegas staff. That show starts at four in the morning. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, a Chrissy special. Yeah, and uh, Sal Pal. Yeah, I come. You have to admit, at least our, our memory of Sal and how how much he overreacted. They're going to be gambling. Yeah, he was like going crazy <laughs> that the Raiders would be here. It is. It, so I was. I was. I was really curious as to how he was going to handle it. He's all. You bring it up. No, but it, you never—you didn't bring up. Hey, we remember hearing you on Mike and Mike. You were really worried about the Raiders coming here. No, I asked how do you him, feel now? I just asked him the question. I was like, "What do you think about you know teams coming to Las Vegas during oh, the football you're season?" You're such a wimp. Just to see if bring you would follow up. up. I, I brought up. I brought up the question to see how he'd answer it. It was totally different this time than it was last and time. No one like a region. You didn't have it on a rejoin. Him flipping no, out. No. Uh, Radio 101. But. Bring back his own words. Make him face the music. My point on Sal Pal was he said everywhere he goes in, in Philly, like usually in the offseason, it's how are the Eagles going to be? You know, Jalen Hurts, quarterback, blah, blah, blah. He said first question every single time, can't wait for that Eagles at Las Vegas game. I'll be there. Like everybody. More so than how the, how are the Eagles going to be, it's can't wait for that Eagles game in Las Vegas. So he said like the entire city of Philly is coming. That weekend is going to be a nightmare. What did he say about – uh, people spying in the locker rooms on the players. He was he was worried about that. For the gamblers, years ago. yeah, he was. Seems you, to have changed you, his tune. You didn't ask that question. Seems to have changed his tune a little. My bit. God, so many opportunities. I know. Just missed. What are you doing? It was four, it was four thirty in the morning. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're pay, you got to be sharp. Morning show host. Got to be all bug eyed and bushy tailed. I was hoping that he would. Answered the same way that he did four years ago. He just oh, didn't. Just meltdown. He didn't. Because he gets it. Because he actually got himself educated. And that was the biggest problem with many people outside the market who, as I said, for 20 years doing sports radio here, like we're sports Siberia. Nothing was known about Vegas. 
It's like this land of mystery. And now people are getting familiar with it. Now we're getting the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl, everything. Yep. And thank God for the NBA because the NBA and, uh, you know, along with Foley and the NHL. But the NBA is one of the, the leagues that freaking rolled out the carpet here. Uh, test of the waters, we'll say. And, you know, set up a, a degree of normalcy. Like, hey, Vegas is just like anywhere else. We can host sporting events. We can have professional sports here. We can bet on them. It's policed. Nothing's going to happen. It's not going to get crazy. Uh, as a reminder, the Summer League is back. Year number 17. August 8th to the 17th at the TNM and the Cox Pavilion. We have more tickets. Not right now, but we're going to have tickets all the way up until the league starts and during uh, league play. You can, right now actually, I lied, right now you can go to LVSportsNetwork.com, immediately get in to win a four-pack of tickets, but you got to go to LVSportsNetwork.com to sign up. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 9 o'clock. It's the Law and Sporter Podcast with Justin Watkins from Battle Born Injury Lawyers. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Another crazy day. We barely got to some of the big national news, and that is uh, Texas and Oklahoma. I think threatening the Big 12. I'm not sure what the threat is, and I just saw Brett McMurphy say that source on Big 12 call because they had a big call today with the ADs. Oklahoma and Texas, they're not on the call. It's like, come on. Uh, So they're not on the call. Source on Big 12 call tonight. Uh, League wants to know Texas and Oklahoma's motivations to leave for the SEC. Is it financial? Other issues? What would it take for them to stay? Uh, Neither was on the call. Source also added, I don't think it's 100% that they're gone. So I think they're shopping their wares. They got the TV deal for the Big 12 is up in 2025. I am sure the Big Ten would be interested in adding programs and schools like that. We know the SEC has had interest in the past. We know the Pac-12 has had interest in the past. It's yeah. actually a great it's a great situation for both of them because the Big 12 does lag behind, and I said the Pac-12, but it actually does. Uh, I think the revenues, 2020 uh, overall revenues for the Big 12 are like $475 million. SEC was over $700 million. We know the Big Ten's a little ahead of the SEC, so I think it's negotiating time. Yeah, I think there's going to be a process here. I, I think at some point you're going to see Texas and Oklahoma end up in the SEC, but Texas A&M is trying to block that right now. If I'm the SEC, a- I'm, a- I'm telling A&M, uh, okay, you don't want them in, you're out. I, they can't. They can't do that. When have we seen that happen? When when has someone just been kicked out? Like Vandy would have been kicked out. Sure, Vandy, but- Vandy voted against the last round. Voted against Texas A&M and Mizzou coming in. By the way, Missouri's 100% a no. Okay, let me restate that. Rumors are yeah. Texas A&M, Missouri, Vandy would be three votes no. Uh, I think it has to be four total votes to block anyone coming in. Who knows if there's someone else who would step up and say no. You know, there, there's other things involved here, too. And, again, we had a good conversation last night on our late-night podcast with Saran Petro, who's around, you know really around Kansas and the Big 12. And, you know, he was saying – one of the other ideas is that the Big Ten would be interested in bringing in Kansas and Oklahoma. And what I know earlier you were saying, hey, basketball means nothing. Well, things have changed because, according to Soren, this is his theory, with the last conference realignment, most of the really good football programs landed somewhere. And there are warts on a lot of those AAC and then Mountain West programs, right? Like Boise on appearance, oh, great, it's Boise. 
the market size, right? Sure. Um, then you go to Houston. Is it the most popular program in the city? Man, eh, maybe not. It's probably Texas A&M. Sure. Uh, is Orlando really attractive with Central Florida? Um, Cincinnati certainly is never going to be welcomed into the Big Ten, as an example, because Ohio State's not going to allow that. So a lot of those those group of five football programs that are right underneath, like ready to go, they all have issues. But And the, the other thing he pointed out is, keep in mind, the NCAA may go bye-bye, and then you're going to have you're going to have an NCAA tournament that may just be 16-team, you know, five 16-team conferences, and they're going to control most of the money without the jackasses at the NCAA siphoning off a lot. Well, then basketball programs are attractive because the tournament is still a massive moneymaker and has a massive TV deal. Sounds like a Kansas person kind of uh, making, he, making he, that case. He was, he was pretty convincing. And it, there's also the market size, too. Like Oklahoma City and Norman, it's all of Oklahoma. Sure. Kansas is all of Kansas, which obviously is Kansas City. So you're getting – if you're looking for TV markets, which obviously the last round with the Big Ten they were. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's it's something to monitor and something to to pay attention to for sure. And I mean, who, who how it all breaks down? Who belongs in a who belongs in a power conference more, Kansas or Houston? I mean, I would say Houston, but I mean, I, I know what you're I know, you know what, I'm saying? what you're saying. Yeah, for sure, Houston is the fourth biggest market. But you, you're right; it's not necessarily Houston fans. There's a lot of Texas A&M fans, but you understand why Houston would be attractive uh, to them and. You know, Kansas has had moments in football every once in a while, and they they're can, trying. They, they they can win there. They're trying. They can win there. They just had a string of horrible yeah. hires, so it's, it's going to be fun to watch. There's a lot of potential here. What does the pack like? If if conferences are going to 16 teams, you know, can the Big 12 survive by pulling other teams in? Does it go down to four Power Five? Will who does? I mean, to me, the pack. Pac-12, I think, has to make a run to Texas and Oklahoma, but those schools are so much different than most of the Pac-12 schools from a mission standpoint, from yeah. a philosophy standpoint. Yeah, but at some point, like, uh, yeah, do you, college, and, and, college, is, college athletics is going to is going to break off, so they got to they got to well, make a power conference. The last ten years have not been good for the Pac-12. I think they've learned a lesson. They've got smacked around, but but within these conferences, especially a place like the Pac-12, there is the the academic portion of the whole thing battling against sports it's a battle the, that battle is not that freaking strong in the big 12 in the sec the, the, the athletics sure. department is, is the boss pac-12 still not even even at you know schools that win championships and everything yeah i would agree i just i think it's going to be really fascinating to watch and and there's going to be a lot of developments to come out of this this is just the start stick your hand in there dave uh odds are on the same topic five years from now kansas is in what is a considered a mid-major conference, a group of five conference, or they're in a power five? What do you think? Well, I think they're going to be two different, two different organizations. There's going to be the haves and the have-nots, and they're, well, they're not going to be part of the same organization anymore. Can you think there's a chance Kansas won't? If there's the kids, they'll catch on. Yeah. They'll catch on. They'll be fine. Yeah, I've seen people pitching Iowa State. No thanks. <laughs> they'll, they'll catch on too. They'll be in there. Why? Games Iowa. They got good programs in both. They've had success on both. Recently sure. in football. Re- oh, Thanks to Silver Sevens. Appreciate housing us here on this Thursday. Come on down, watch the sports, take advantage of the happy hour. We'll see you.